This Satellite Sisters podcast is brought to you by Wine at Nine, the show that puts showbiz on the couch. Wine at Nine is a weekly entertainment podcast hosted by Dr. Nancy Burke. She's a clinical psychologist, author, and humorist, and she digs a little bit deeper with those celebs you think you know. Everyone from Dolly Parton to Paul Anka to humor writers from Conan. So check out Wine at Nine. You'll find the podcast at Stitcher or Apple Podcasts. You're listening to Satellite Sisters Talk TV. This is our weekly recap of the CBS drama, Madam Secretary. I'm Leanne Dolan. I'm a writer in Los Angeles. I'm here with my sister, Julie Dolan, who's a foreign correspondent, world traveler in Dallas, Texas. Julie, this episode was out of control, wasn't it? (laughs) Yes, Leanne. It had so many things. The episode's name is thin ice. But I think the ice was cracking with the number of themes and topics that they uh, piled on top in this episode. Don't oh you my think? gosh. I think that's just like the end of the season. The writer said, what are all the storylines we didn't get to this year? Okay, let's just put them all in this, in this episode because the storylines were bobbing and weaving and jibing and coming together and splitting apart. There was a lot happening in thin ice. <laughs> so, um, but first, Julie, we have breaking news from Twitter. Now, there has been quite a discussion both on this podcast and on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group about was the, the, you know, the cast of Madam Secretary, in fact, eating ice cream with a fork. Was that happening in an opening scene a couple weeks ago? And I can now confirm, according to Taya Leone's Twitter account, yes, it was a fork, Julie. You brought it up first. I think your eagle eye spotted it. Taya said, we just pull whatever is clean from the dish rack. That (laughs) night scene there, there were forks, just like home. So, yes, eating ice cream with a fork, we can confirm it. Thank you, Taya. Okay. Well, uh, that's what I'm doing with my tub of ice cream tonight, Leigh. I'm going to grab myself a fork and and do it just like Henry. I, I would also like to thank Just Pat and Cassie and Carrie, who all sent that tweet to us because they knew it was going to be important to us and they wanted us to report on it on this recap podcast. So thanks to them. M- many people out there acting as Satellite Sisters investigative reporters. We appreciate that. We appreciate that. Um, okay, so this episode, it was called Thin Ice. All right, so this is this is what we had. We had climate change. We had the ethical dilemma of a just war. It was pro-nukes. Orca whales are cool. The worst take-your-child-to-work day ever. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget Russians, Leon, undercover, deep-cover Russians that were exposed as part of this. And, oh, by the by, there was a bomb, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So there was so much happening. Sometimes I would forget one storyline, and when they brought it back, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. So, but first, Julie, is it my imagination, or was that the first wide shot ever of Madam Secretary in Henry's bedroom? I don't remember I, I seeing believe- it. Like I, I, it was the, first of all, it's an enormous bedroom, enormous, an enormous, yeah. enormous bed. Uh, the chairs are there. Yes, it was amazing. And in that opening scene, Leanne, I think, again, we saw some groundbreaking footage that I want to call everyone's attention to. Yeah. And that is the use of applying underarm deodorant by the lead. Did you see <laughs> Taya, Madam Secretary? I know. Like, 
swiping her her underarms in that scene? I know. Has that ever been done on television before, Liam? No. I mean, usually people mind toothbrushing, which is something I hate to see on camera. So I much preferred the underarm swipe. But yeah, where was she keeping that? In the bedroom? Who keep what? What's happening? I don't there? know. Was it in the pocket of that cashmere robe she's wearing? <laughs> I don't know. She just pulled out a stick yeah. uh, and just stuck it down her shirt yeah. and started swiping, Liam. That's it. We saw it. I mean, it was a very realistic scene. I'd like to shout out to the lamps in the bedroom. I thought those were beautiful. Those circular, like kind of plexiglass, plastic, uh, molded plastic lamps. I thought those were great. Love the blue color. But you're right. It just, it was all forgotten when she started putting on her underarm deodorant. I mean, just, it's, it's a very real thing we're seeing there in that enormous bedroom. But I did, I thought, this is like the cover of Architectural Digest. What's happening? This wide shot of the bedroom. I liked it. I liked it. Okay. I think I don't know who directed that episode. I, I could have looked, but I didn't. But I, I <laughs> yes, we could have, Liam. Yeah, I totally. But that looked. that would just slow down our analysis. No. I think to do yeah. any amount of research. Yeah. Okay. But I thought there were there were some different shots happening this week. There was a little bit of shaky cam at one point when Madam Secretary and Jay were talking. There were some tracking shots. I liked it. I liked the way this episode was directed. So. Um, okay, so here are three actual storylines, but I'm warning you. They bob, they weave, they dovetail. Okay, so first we have a summit in Canada of the Order of the Arctic Circle. I, I don't know what the official name is, but all the countries that have a claim to the Arctic Circle, it's dovetailing with a renewable energy summit in Texas. Okay, would you would you no, agree? No, no, this, no the, tex- the summit's in Canada, too. It wasn't in Texas. Oh, I thought that... I thought that... No, no, no. It's just being funded by the Texas oil man, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes. Oh, I I don't know. I beg to disagree. I thought he said it's in my home state. Oh, I thought he was from his home state. Okay. Okay. All right. Again, it must have been uh, just, you know, I was overwhelmed by the deodorant and didn't get that in my notes. It was, there was so much exposition in the first couple of scenes. I mean, they had to set up some complicated storylines. So first we had like the order of the Arctic Circle. Then we had the Renewable Energy Summit, and, and it just kept going. And that was like... And did you mention the 1848 Wanderer <laughs> ship that was found, okay. Liam? Well, I'm just doing the storylines. We're going to get to it. Okay, okay. so the second okay. storyline was conscientious objector or mom's worst disappointment. Okay, that was like the U.S. Yeah. Marine slash fighter pilot. And then the third one, uh, I'm just calling... Teenagers are idiots. So yes, a sanctioned U.S. diplomatic mission is the perfect opportunity for your first time. Okay, Okay. that that storyline. Oh my gosh, that was my favorite, Liam. Yep. All right, so let's go to the climate change Arctic Circle summit. Okay, we know Madam Secretary's going. I did not know that you only have a stake to the Arctic Circle if your country actually borders the Arctic Circle. I I don't know why that never occurred to me. To me, yeah, you know why you don't want France uh, uh, budging in there, right? Yeah. But but okay. uh, but we hear now the Canadians. This is where you can mention the ship, Julie. What was the deal with that? They okay. So they just discovered some um, 1848 um, ship, the Wanderer, that they just found, and that it, they uncovered it, and it, it was it had tip, it hit the tip of the Arctic Circle. And so indeed, the Canadians were some of the first explorers to the Arctic Circle. So therefore, they owned the Arctic Circle. Okay. Everybody wants those polar bears, Leanne. Everybody wants them. 
That's true. No, they don't really want the polar bears, Julie. They want what's underneath, they, what they think is underneath the Arctic Circle, but we'll get to that. So yes. So what we, all you need to know, if you're listening to the recap and you don't watch the show, is that the Arctic is in play. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, you know, back at the State Department, Blake and Kat are working on this renewable energy U.S. pavilion. Okay. Right. And, uh, they can't get any funding for it, but enter big oil guy. Who, I'm honest, a Texas oil man, Lynn. Honestly, I mean, goodness. I think, I mean, could, could you say quite, the caric- quite the caricature of a Texas oil man. But yes, he did look remarkably like, and these, these are your words, Lynn, Rex Tillerson, right? The I mean, secretary of state, right? I mean, that was intentional. They called central casting and they're like, get me a character actor that looks exactly like Rex Tillerson. <laughs> I mean, that was... There's no way that that guy was picked for his acting ability. No. I mean, if you're wondering what Rex is doing now, he, he's playing himself on Madam Secretary. So, all right. all right, so we have this Rex Tillerson guy. He shows up. He's going to fund it all. But, of course, you know, the irony is that he's from Big Oil, and this is supposed to be a statement about renewable energy. And the State Department, particularly Blake, who's finally getting a shot to work on something big, he's taking a shot. He's really pro-nukes. You know, why aren't we using nuclear energy? Why did we get off that bandwagon 30 years ago when we could have stayed on it, low carbon emissions, blah, blah, blah. So Blake is really all worked up about this. And so worked up, Leon. He has such a head of steam. I thought he could power half of uh, the District of Columbia. <laughs> I've never seen him so worked up about a topic. Of course, he usually just sits behind the little desk. So this is his big moment. He's really studied all the binders, Leon. He really wants to make a difference. He wants Wants to make a, a difference with renewable energy and nuclear energy. Yeah. So, uh, and I loved Kat's line. This is not the irony hill you want to die on. You know, like they, I thought that was a good line. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, big oil Rex comes in, has a meeting. The first thing he does is call Kat, my dear. And I thought she was going to kill him. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that wasn't that too good. Okay. Yeah. Again, he was just a, you know, being from Texas land, he's just a wild caricature, but it worked, it worked in the scene. You know, I, I don't think you're actually able to take phone calls from the top of a tank farm. Like we saw him in that later scene, but yes. nonetheless, uh, that he, he plays a role of, you know, that they are the state department really want, and all the people that work there really are trying to make the play for nuclear energy. Yeah. I wish they hadn't linked it to Chernobyl. Even when they said even Chernobyl yeah. wouldn't have been so bad if they had put a containment dome on it, you know, yeah. again, not so, not so great, but nonetheless, that's, that's their position. They're all in on it. They're working hard on it. Yeah. So, they're, they're trying to, you know, big oil wants natural gas to be a part of the pavilion. And so they have to drop the nuke part of the pavilion and go with big oil. Meanwhile, back in Canada, I mean, that Canadian minister of the order of the Arctic circle, he was handsome. Did you notice that? Yes, he was very handsome. Had a very strange accent though, right? Yes. Didn't you think that was like, what was that accent? It wasn't really Canadian, wasn't really French. It was just foreign, you know? Okay, so they're all trying to sort of line up, uh, you know, their claim to the Arctic, and the Canadians are making this wild claim, and everyone's like, you're an idiot, Canada. (laughs) Like, nobody's buying this 1848 wanderer vessel that you found. Right. And meanwhile, I have to, again, storylines are dovetailing. 
Bess has decided it's a fantastic idea to bring her son and his girlfriend to this meeting because, you know, she she's the anarchist and she's interested in all the counter-protesting that's going on. So she wants to interview the woman that's the head of the big, you know, uh, pro-environmental group there. So Bess thinks that's a super idea. So in the middle of all this, and we're going to get to that whole storyline later, but it's relevant here because – you know, they all, the order of the Arctic Circle, they split up, they're going to lunch, I don't know, they're going to save the polar bears, and a bomb goes off, right? And that was unexpected. Weren't you a little surprised? Yeah. That was just a big old blast. I mean, you know, uh, we haven't had one of those in a couple of episodes, so I guess they felt, hey, let's have a bomb, yeah. Yeah, so I know. So this, of course, Madam Secretary needs to be taken to a safe place, her, her security team is frantic, but she is frantic to find Jason and his girlfriend. Now, where they are, we'll talk about later. But there's a lot of chaos, a lot of people talking into their sleeves, people running, you know, tracking shots, everything's happening. And what we learn, long story short, is we learn that it was actually Russian operatives that had infiltrated this environmental group who had set off the bomb to create chaos and undermine the legitimacy of the American NGO. Is that correct, Julie? Did I get yes, that Yes, that is correct, that they were playing the deep game, as it was uh, described by Jay, that they had a year and a half, they've been pretending to be volunteers for this environmental group, only to be in the position to upset this Arctic Circle conference. Yeah. Right. And so, and they, and, and now everyone's suspicious. What is Russia going to do? What's the play there? What's happening? Meanwhile, China, our favorite minister Chen, who they have great scenes together. Madam Secretary. I like, I like him. He's yeah. my, he was my, he's one of my favorite characters. Yeah. yeah. I think they just write him in cause they love writing those scenes. Cause they're, they're so peaked. They're just fun scenes to see the two of them spar, um, in that faux diplomatic language that they use. It's great. So in the meantime, China wants in and Madam Secretary is like, what are you crazy? You don't, your country doesn't touch. What are you even doing here? And he makes this, tells her some song and dance about all the, um, the research they're doing on orca whales. That's why yeah. they're, that's why they have boats up in the Arctic circle. And, um, so what is, what is with Minister Chen's chair? Did you notice that he's got the carved wooden eagles, the twin no. eagles or owls on the back of his chair? There must be, again, if we did any research for this podcast, we'd know. <laughs> I did but some there research. Must be, but there must be some <laughs> symbolism oh. to that chair because it's very, it's very distinctive. And I, we know, I noticed it when he was talking about their love of the orca whales. Oh, okay. I'll have to go back. I did do some research for a later storyline, Julie. Uh, oh, I did good. Google something. Um, all right. So we got to, we got to move through this. Like, meanwhile, back, uh, back at headquarters, the Russian Rex or, you know, big oil Rex Tillerson there, he's demanding that, uh, he's going to pull his funding unless the U S says we're going to allow drilling in the Arctic circle, which is a real right. political issue. And Madam secretary, there's a scene where she's, and then, that's it. She can't take it anymore. Goodbye, big, big oil wrecks. We don't want you to support the U.S. pavilion at this energy expo. You're done. She is not going down that path with the drilling in the Arctic Circle. Meanwhile, like, Russia's attacking the Arctic Circle. <laughs> what? Right. Those ice cutter, cutters are moving ahead. They're just, they're moving in. Yeah. Yeah. So the bomb was just this distraction. And they're like, I don't know. They're going to infiltrate the Arctic Circle. They're going to capture those polar bears. They're just, they're going to take over. They're not waiting. 
and the U.S., the military can't get anyone, any U.S. ships there in time because, you know, it's the Arctic Circle. But, oh, lo and behold. Well, you don't have any ships either, Leanne. That's the truth. We only have two of these ice cutters. And one, as they said, was, you know, in dry dock. And the other one was, I don't know, in the Caribbean or something. So they were, they're really, uh, they were, uh, you know, uh, up a creek there. So she needs to contact Minister Chen. He's got the boat up there, the ice cutter, allegedly, you know, uh, studying the orca whales, but really also conveniently, you know, located with or staffed, stocked with anti-aircraft missiles on board. Yeah. And what else? It's nuclear powered. Yes. That was one of its key points. So it doesn't have to refuel. Uh Aha. Can go for two years, that nuclear sub. So, uh, so the next thing you know, Bess has to make a deal to let to let China on the in, in on the order of the Arctic Circle and then to give them full voting rights and they give them something else or some other some other thing so that the Chinese can get their ships close to the Russians and broadcast a message from a U.S. commander and the next thing you know we're all in the Situation Room and, we're, and you know we're going to DEFCON 2 and you know here comes Conrad <laughs> But do you think it, and this is really the first test for President Conrad? There, yeah. You know, who's, you know, he had the brain tumor yeah. and he was really being very aggressive and, and provocative when he had the brain tumor. So, so here he was trying to, I guess, hold back, but he's got quite of a, a situation. They were, you know, ships that were firing at each other. And what is he going to do? And so, the people uh, of Alaska are, you know, they're in, they're in harm's way up there. Yes. It was a clear and present danger to the people of Alaska. So they, he decides retreat, turn him around. And the second he says that the Russian boats turn around. So they're yep. playing chicken up there. Uh, and Conrad actually says retreat first, but then, then gets saved by the fact that the Russians turn around. So, yeah. uh, so he's like, he's lucky. So, and I noticed that Bess never sat down when she was in the situation room. You yeah. know, all the generals are sitting down, but Bess is standing up. Yeah, she's standing up. She's standing up. So, uh, and then, you know, and then it becomes the perfect moment to say, why don't we let the transformative carbon-free technology of nuclear energy, you know, uh, go forward? Because climate change is the existential threat of our time. So uh, Conrad does a little speech about how his father, you know, fought this sort of unseen threat of fascism in Europe and best makes the equation that um, climate change is that same existential thought here. So... The U.S. is getting back on the nuke train. I mean, okay, that's a long way to go in 60 minutes. It does. It does. That was a lot. Yeah. A lot of. Okay. We got that all solved. Yeah. My gosh. Okay. Uh, All right. Meanwhile, Henry is back in the classroom. He is wearing a corduroy jacket. What do you think about him uh, back in the classroom? What did that opening scene when he's giving the lecture about some war situation, some pilot and some uh, Germans, Nazis? There's got to be something more. Again, yes, that's thank you, Leanne. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, it was just it was like just having him teach is a little dull. Yeah, and that you know he can't have a problem student every week like he had this week. And I'm sure they'll figure it out. You know what I think? I think you should be like Indiana Jones. Like I think you should be uncovering academic mysteries and stuff I, like that. Like so, uh, but he was wearing that corduroy jacket that I think our brother Brendan had in 1976. So I was. <laughs> It looked familiar, yeah. Leanne. Thanks. The That's what one. it was. 
Same one. Okay. <laughs> okay. So he's teaching at the work college. There's students from all over the world, which frankly, I don't understand. But apparently that's what happens at the work college, including a U.S. Marine. He's there and they're talking about uh, the ethical dilemma about war and a just war. And is it okay to kill these people if the goal is peace? And and the, the U.S. soldier brings up Thomas Aquinas, which is like the shortest way to Henry's heart. And, uh, and so we have a scene afterwards and we learn a couple of things. First of all, we learn, wait, Henry was a fighter pilot? Did you know that, Julie? Yeah, he was a Marine, Leon. Yeah. I know, but Marines are usually fighter pilots. Well, oh, well. That's, then, that's, it's TV, Leon. He could... <laughs> be whatever he wants. I mean, that's what I Googled. Like, wait, what? Like fighter pilots, they're from the Navy. They're not, I don't understand. I just, I I don't understand. I thought Marines were like the people on the ground. I thought that was the whole point of Marines. Air, land, and sea land. (laughs) Okay. I I had to look that up. I'm like, wait, why have we never heard that before? So I did not know he had been a fighter pilot. Uh, And this kid's a fighter pilot and, you know, he waxes poetic about how great it is to fly. But then we learn in this scene that, boy, it's really a lot of pressure that his mother puts on him. And his mm-hmm. mother... It's always the mother, right? It is. It's always the mother. It fault. is. Well, I guess maybe if your mother is the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, then it is a problem. But his mother is who we like to call on the show Aunt Virginia because she looks yeah. like our Aunt Virginia. So Ellen Hill, who's uh, – she's the, like, right, the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, right? That's her No, name. no, no. Now she's head of – she was – that was okay. her previous position. Now she's the National Security Council. Okay. So yeah. so she's a high-level security person, military, and does all she's ever wanted for her son is to follow in her footsteps. And the father's gone and the son's under tremendous pressure. And we learn that. And uh, and the son has to turn in a paper to Henry, which he turns out he plagiarizes. And Henry can't believe it. What's he going to do? So he tracks the kid down in church. In I mean, church, right. You know, he's the only one in there. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. So in this scene, Henry, he's a pilot. He's a spy. He's an ethicist. He's an Aquinian scholar. He's he's a therapist. He's a confessor. I mean, that was a lot of roles in one scene. Like I know in the same corduroy jacket. Yeah, the whole time. Yeah, and the and the the pilot's like, "How'd you find me?" He's like, "I was a spy." Like, (laughs) okay. So the son says, "I basically don't want to kill anybody. Like, I'm sorry that I've gone through all this training, but I don't want to kill anyone. I can't live with myself." And so he's turned in this plagiarized paper in the hopes of getting – you get court-martialed, apparently, if you turn in plagiarized work, which that is a steep punishment, I thought, for plagiarism. Um, well, well, it's a serious crime, Land, but he doesn't want to face Aunt Virginia. Then, right. So he'd rather, he'd rather go to prison than face Aunt Virginia. Yeah. And Henry talks him out of it like, I'm sure there's a way out of it. There are other options. So the option he picks, the son, is to apply to be a conscientious objector. And this does not make Aunt Virginia very happy. So in the middle of, like, this Russian attack, Henry and Aunt Virginia have a scene. And she's not happy with that. And then she she pulls out the old, he wanted to quit karate, too. I mean... (laughs) Which is what every mother says. Yeah, of course he wanted to quit soccer, but I made him play, right? Yeah. (laughs) And they hated it. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I wanted to quit piano for many years. And I was terrible at it. And Mom finally (laughs) let me... You should have quit piano. I know. Right. Yeah. Usually when kids want to quit, it's because they hate it and they're terrible at it. Like my son uh, had one great year of violin and then it was clear the next year he hated it. Like as soon as it started to get hard, I was like, fine, quit. I don't care. You're not yeah. going to be a violinist. 
I don't understand that value of like forcing them. Well, well, I, well, I think sometimes you have to provide a little structure to kids, mm, Liam. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I, the extracurriculars should be on them. Like, I just no, don't. well, they would lie around. I made my kids at least one sport. I didn't care what it was, but they had to play a sport. That was my rule. Right. And I think Aunt Virginia would agree with that rule, Land. So I, I thought the most awkward scene is when Aunt Virginia, head of the National Security Council, runs into Bess at the White House, yeah. White House right before they're going into the Situation Room. And Bess tries to, like, just smooth everything over, like, oh, well, you know, kids, those crazy kids. I, and Aunt Virginia did not look happy about that. She's not that. having it. Yeah, no. she's not having it. So, uh so, I mean, I think it's tough to have a, a, a mother who's been in the military because they know, I mean, you know, they're sort of country first. So <laughs> that's, right. that's kind of how they roll. So, uh, I mean, she feels, she literally felt bad that he had wasted all that training. Like that's, yeah. and he, he did waste a lot of money. He right. did. He wasted a lot of money. Millions and millions of dollars to become a fighter pilot. <laughs> Even in the Marines, which, because it's the right. secret which fighting does, force. Which, it doesn't exist. <laughs> okay, you're right. But theoretically, if if the Marines had fighter pilots, yes. it would cost a lot of money. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, long story short, there's a hearing, a conscientious objection, objector hearing. Henry uh, gives a beautiful little speech. Impassion. Yes. Impassion. Uh, mm-hmm. supporting um, the, the the young man's desire to become a conscientious subjector. And we see a moment there. I don't know why you would bring your mother on to that. I mean, that seemed like a rigged thing. I mean, she is on the National Security Council. She's a highly ranked military person. So it seemed a little intimidating to bring her into the room, but she was his mother. And so there was a nice scene where she reaches over and, you know, tries to hold his hand during. Nice. Yeah, that's nice. I was surprised he didn't say, why didn't you let me quit karate? None of this would have happened. But he didn't. He held back. Okay. Okay. So meanwhile, back to the teenagers or idiots storylines. We okay. alluded to let's, it earlier. Let's talk, let's talk about these two. Yes. I mean, so much was happening in this episode. I almost forgot when we circle back to this, how just ridiculous it was. So the plan is hatched that Jason and Piper are going to go with Madam Secretary to Montreal ostensibly to interview, you know, a radical, an environmental activist. But what they really want to do is have sex for the first time. So in (laughs) which nothing about that sounds like a good plan to me. From their side, I don't, what What are you thinking? You've got a whole, you know, secret service entourage showing up, right? You're going to be in the room next to uh, your mother. No, that's not good. That's not a good idea. Seems so weird. Like, isn't the isn't the point stay home while like your parents are out of town? Isn't that (laughs) a better way to go? Right. Right. Everything or to feign a sleepover at somebody else's house and then end up together. Come on, there's loads of ways to do this. I I know. So. so, uh, you know, we see this, we see there's some nervousness. Jason can't find his passport and his mother makes a funny joke about finding it in the dryer, which is a conversation I have every single day with my sons about their license. <laughs> and then we see Piper, she has her like reporter's notebook and she comes, she's excited to be there on this diplomatic mission. Thank you, Madam Elizabeth. I told you we were going to run into trouble with this no last names thing. I mean, that's yeah. just wrong. She can't call yeah. the Secretary no. of State Elizabeth in a, no. on a diplomatic mission. Yeah. 
We want to check that. We want to check that for next season. So meanwhile, you know, Elizabeth's in the meeting. They allegedly go down to interview the activist. The bomb goes off. Madam Secretary freaks out. There's this giant freak out. Where is he? He's in the hotel. Where is he? Blah, blah, blah. And of course, they're in the room right next door in their matching robes with with chocolate-covered strawberries and Luther Vandross on. And when she walks in and she says Luther Vandross, I mean, I just really laughed. <laughs> Really, really laughed at that. Nothing about this. I mean, that was a pretty benign. If you have to walk in on your kids, she got she got lucky. That's all I'm saying, Madam Secretary. You know, that was so goofy. Oh, they are in so much trouble. I know. And when she she's describing the scene to Henry, and he says, "Well, it's like they wanted to have sex in the '80s." I mean, that just really made me. Oh, that was funny. Um, But yes. The whole plan was so ill-conceived. And Jason, I think in typical, this is, I think, very well-written um, character for Jason, the whole episode. Because he, you know, he's the smart mouth, right? He's constantly talking I back, know. constantly giving grief. And there's just, there's not a lot of acceptance of his role in this at all. He he continues with the attitude, even though he's completely busted. And as Madam Secretary says, my gosh, we're on an official U.S. diplomatic <laughs> mission. I, that was that was crazy. But then somehow uh, Madam Secretary discusses this with Piper's mom uh, when they return from Canada and they all decide that it's all Piper's fault. I know. I like, wait, wait I a know. minute. How is that? How I is know. everybody seems fine with that? You know, no, no, we're not fine with that. No. OK, no, we're not. I mean, it takes two to tango there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is what happens when you let kids call you by your first name. So. <laughs> It's just okay. a slippery slope. They do mm-hmm. not respect you. Yes. So, yeah. It Everybody wasn't... is to take karate. You hear yeah. that, Liam? Forget all this other stuff. More karate. This never would have happened. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, it's Piper. It's Piper. I mean, at least Henry had an individual responsibility and this and that and cut the attitude. But I was surprised. Everyone, even her mother, threw her her under the bus. Yeah. So, and then we get the storyline that now she's so embarrassed, she's ghosting Jason, and then she ends up breaking up with them. And uh, everybody breathes a sigh of relief. I'm, I did. I mean, I just, <laughs> I felt bad. Felt, felt, I felt bad for him a little bit, but, but pretty glad for Madam Secretary. Uh, he does finally admit it was just a bad plan. Sorry. But then he has this heartbreak. And we see Stevie. We haven't seen Stevie in a while. I know. So, uh, and she's there. I thought that was a funny little exchange when uh, Stevie makes it clear, like, oh, thank goodness I got out of going out to dinner with mom and dad. Poor Allison. She's the, she's the <laughs> sacrificial lamb. Okay. That yeah, is that happened kids. to you a lot, Leanne, when we were growing up. I'm the older, oldest sister. You're the youngest. You know, we had all moved out of the house, and there you were, home alone with mom and dad, number eight. That must have been tough, Leanne. Sacrificial lamb. I get it, Allison. But we also think as parents, our kids love us. They always want to go out to dinner with us. And no, I thought that was a very real sibling conversation. And then Stevie's there, you know, to absorb some of Jason's heartache. But um, I liked when she said, well, if a, uh, when Stevie said, if relationships were really made sense, then I would have been married three times by now. Yeah, right? that was funny. <laughs> so all in all, I mean, this has been a long recap, but I'm telling you, that was a complicated episode. I mean, you whew. did a fine job, sister. Yeah, okay. we're breaking it all down there. All right. Um, binders full of blouses quickly. Uh, I thought the hair was very strong this week. <laughs> Yeah. Even when she was mad, she had good hair. Yeah. You're right about that. Yeah. Yes. 
Well, I want to give a shout out to Daisy in her bright red floral dress. She looked spectacular in that. So uh, that to me was one of the big winners of the of the week. And then there were these stra- strappy shoes that Madam Ooh, Secretary what? had on with the yes, ankle. When they were giving the talk to Jason. Yes. Yeah, those were good, Leanne. I yeah. thought you might be able to handle those. I, I cannot, Jill. I cannot. <laughs> I have horrifying ankles and straps around oh. them only accentuates the, okay. the horribility okay. of my Well, then ankles. then you should go with those slip-on sneakers she was wearing yes. in the opening scene. Yeah. I thought those had your name yeah. all over it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a fresh new take on bedroom slippers. And um, and then I enjoyed she had the wide-legged pants yeah, she was wearing with the blazer. Those. Yes, that looks really good together. I think you have to be about 12 pounds to pull off those wide-legged, yeah, <laughs> wide-legged I pants. I think so. I know. <laughs> so, so I'm just going to stick with the slip-on sneakers. I'm going to so, stick yeah, with those. Stick with the sneakers. Look at some of the sparkly earrings. That's yeah. you're getting her style. Yeah. And you have her hair. So there you go. All right. Anything else this week, Jewel? No, I think we covered the world, Leanne, okay. and then some. Okay. You know, I think I'm going to be out of town for the season finale. So we'll have to figure out what we're going to do with that. We'll stay. Because, mm. yeah. They, I'm going stay tuned. Of, we'll, we'll, stay work, tuned. we'll do some research figure. and we'll work, we'll work up a plan. Okay. Perhaps we'll get a, a marine pilot land pilot. to fly it. Yeah. To fly you in. There's no such or, thing. There's no there's no such okay. thing. Okay. Okay. All right, this week on Satellite Sisters. Well, we haven't recorded the show yet. So we don't we don't know we what's have no on. idea, but yeah. it's uh yeah, we're going to do some Tuesday trends, yeah. no doubt. Oh, yeah. Okay. We, we definitely have that. We have some entertainment picks for sure. Oh good. Books, movie, TV, and then uh, I'm having a dispute with my neighbors, and I have three courses of action, Leanne, and I'm going to let uh, the sisters p- uh, pick the appropriate course. Oh, fantastic. I'm looking forward to that. All right, that sounds like a good show. If you're not subscribed to Satellite Sisters, please do. You can find us at Apple Podcasts, at Spotify, wherever you've listened to this podcast, you can find Satellite Sisters there. Uh, We release a new show every Tuesday. It's a pep talk for modern women, so tune in. All right, Jewel. uh, I I need some time to recover from this episode. (laughs) I'm going to go sign up for Karate Land. Okay, take care, sister. Bye. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.